0: Episode eighty six of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan, and myself, Kyle Gregg. So Tom, it's, uh, it's it's been a decade since I last spoke to you on the podcast. Uh, happy New Year, Tom, and happy new year folks. Happy New Year listeners. Yeah, happy new year, mate. Welcome welcome
1: back, welcome back listeners. It's we're chuffed to be back twenty twenty. I'm I'm good, mate. How are you getting
0: on? I'm definitely rusty in the old TRS, that's for sure.
1: Do you know what? It's funny how we. This is the longest break we've ever taken in the 86 weeks we've been doing this. And you're right, it feels like an eternity, even though we saw each other at the Tilly 10K, which we'll come to. But yeah, we haven't haven't recorded in a couple of weeks, and actually it means we've got a lot to talk about.
0: I, I'm also. I think it's the most excited I've been to to talk on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every week's off, oh for God, here we go again, the same old, the same old boring running Aye. stuff. Well, maybe not boring to to you guys, we hope, but certainly it's uh, it can be a little bit uh, laborious for us sometimes. But uh, talking about rusty, you know, being a little bit rusty. What's that on your face? That that rusty look you've got there. What what's that? Is it, is, your face is twice the size on the Outrageous. On, on the podcast. Is, is that another are we beard for the for the new decade? Is it or is that is that something that you're you're sporting for? You know, p- potentially transitioning uh, ultra running.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never thought about that. No, this is the. Do you know what? This is a. This is a bit sad. But a few years ago, I did beard beard for Burns, which is grow beard from Christmas Day till bear, um, um, Burns Night. And, uh, and anyway, I did that, and I I ran reasonably well at the marathon that year. And did it the next year, ran well and I PB'd again the marathon. Didn't do it last year. Did I PB at the marathon last year? Nah. So I've decided that is my superstition, that I need to start the year with a beard to PB over the marathon. So sure enough, I'm going to see this till the end of January, and then we'll, we'll see if it continues. But it's, I'm quite enjoying it. I actually did my first run commute of the year today, and it was minus one Celsius. So it was quite nice to have a bit of warmth on the face.
0: Once you get to the, the icicles on the beard, that's when you know you've got a proper beard, Tom. Okay. Yeah. And I'm it's, sure you beardy guys out there, maybe girls as well, uh, will we'll reckon We'll understand that the icicles on the beard. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if anyone's... Uh, this is another shout-out to the listeners. If anyone's got icicle beard pics, uh, send them send them through to TRS and we'll, we'll share them.
1: Indeed. So this week, listeners, we've got... Uh, I mean, as Carl says, we've got a lot going on. Fest, we've got our festive recap, including our performances and others at the fantastic Tele10K. We're going to talk a bit about our plans and ambitions for 2020... We've got some cool news. There's been a world record by a Scottish guy, a 5AC runner, which we're excited to talk about. There's a bit of an update on my favourite subject, the Vaporfly debate, and Kyle's been speaking to a, a legend.
0: A legend of the marathon world, folks. You yes. know who would, have, who would have thunk it? TRS has is, uh, is basically gone global. Uh, we've got the Olympic marathon bronze medalist, uh, the legend that is Charlie Spedden, on the show to talk all things running and to talk about his his uh, you know his his book that he from first to last that he wrote a few years ago and his new one that's coming out stop feeding us lies as well as a little bit of um, his running back in the day as well so it's it's really exciting it's you know I knew you're special I'm sure they would call it in another podcast eh
1: absolutely so yeah. where are we gonna start tell what have you been up to in the last couple of weeks how how was the Kyle Greg Christmas New Year gone down
0: i have got to be honest. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't smashing out 90 to 100, 90, 80, 70, 80, 90 or 100 miles. That's for sure, Tom. I was just enjoying my festive season in there. Uh, you know, just enjoying my first Christmas with the wee man. You know, of the course. wee man, the wee man, Logan. Yeah. So it's been, you know, a little bit running here and there, but nothing se- serious. But you know, I, 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 it's the ninth of January, folks, and um, I realised I've got a marathon. <laughs> I've got a marathon in three three and a half weeks. Oh, uh, of course, Natalie Hassie my marathon. Both uh, Debbie and I are, are doing that one, so um, so I, I should really start getting some marathon specific training in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been you know doing a run more or less every day, but you know nothing, nothing it, uh, it, uh, doing the few the key sessions per week um, to get a bit of speed. And, and do you know what, Tom? I've I've got a little bit of speed in the good old. Uh, Ultra running legs these days. You know, nice. I'm, I'm I'm starting to find it a little bit in some of my my you know my training times, my rep, my interval, my mile reps and pace per mile or kilometer. I know you shouldn't always look at that, but it's been a good um you know comparing it to you know a couple of years ago when I was running 31s and sub 31s. It's start not, not getting I'm not too far away from that um and I suppose that was recognised at the Tilly 10k and. Um, you know, and I, okay, I was I was about you know a minute and a half, just over under a minute and a half off my PB, but I was happy enough with the little 32 time, um, and it's uh, it's a good benchmark for what's to come, I think, and uh, you know continuing working on the speed and and hopefully that'll transition into the marathon and the the ultras that I'll do later on in the year. So I'm I'm pretty happy with how things are going. Um, I've, I, I'm not going to lie, Tom, a bit like you, I've been having a few beers and you know and wines and ciders you, you name it lots of mince pies i haven't been shy of you know putting a little bit on the the good old waistline that's for sure
1: quite right you're quite right you've got to, it's a it's a christmas only once a year you're gonna
0: enjoy it exactly so what about you do
1: you know i've had a we had a lot of traveling which was uh but it was good Saw so a lot of family friends so we had a we had, uh, since we last spoke, we had down, Fee's parents live uh, down in Cheshire, so I went down and visit them, which was nice. Um, got a couple of good runs in around Cheshire. Did the Northwich Park run, which was my first kind of, so actually, I should probably lead with, compared to the last time I spoke to listeners, I'm training again, which is cool. Yay! Which is fantastic. <laughs> so I had, um, you know, it wouldn't be Christmas without a couple of park runs, so it was really good. We went down, the weekend before Christmas, uh, went down to the Northwich Park run, won it, which was pretty oh. sweet. So, uh... I well, brine one two there. Right? Brian two
0: on the all right, you you you've already you've already got me got me there. <laughs> I was going to say if you didn't win it, then you're you are better half would have, eh?
1: Exactly. So she was not so far behind me, although what embarrassing? Actually, not embarrassing at all because I'm coming back, but she was doing uh she was doing it as half marathon effort. and She wasn't far behind me, while I was flat out. So it was cool. It was like a sort of off roady type uh, run. So that was really good. Getting the long runs in, a couple of 16 milers and an 18 miler in now, which was which is great. Because I always said I want to get back in training by the new year to start the year in good time for London. I think I've done that. Um, but yeah, I did a lot of running around there. We're back up. My mum and dad's in Fife. And uh, yeah, it was, it was good to go there. I Met up with a couple of lads um, who I was, who was at school with. Um, Andy Banton and Pete Barr. out to them. I think Andy Listens had uh, a bit of a good, run. Good no, run point
0: mentioning, no point mentioning people who don't listen <laughs> to the bloody show. That's Absolutely.
1: So we were, I went and did some runs. My and dad quite lived quite near Falkland, so we did a did a few few miles around the Falkland Estate. You will know that well from your Scottish
0: Trail Champs. That's right. Aye, a few years ago. That's so that, that was cool. lovely, lovely neck of the woods there. Uh.
1: So good to get some runs in with them. And then um, what else? Then I've been up and down with a bit of work, and yeah, just getting the miles back in. Did park run on New Year's Day, which was cool. And do you know what? Park run. I mean, we've talked. We are big fans of park run here. We've talked about it a lot, but New Year's Day Park Run in, um, in Aberdeen. So they had both on, like a lot of them do. The Hazelhead one was at 9.30, and the the beach was at 11, so you could double. So we had uh, my sister-in-law and uh, brother-in-law, Mary and Mike, what's up? And they were, and well, they obviously they were wee kids, so Mary did the Hazelhead Park Run. That was cool. We watched it, and then we went down, and Mike and I did the, the beach park run. And what was amazing is how many people doubled, but the beach park run, 650 people. Now? that
0: is who, obscene it, who i mean it's incredible what well, i'm going to say who the hell was the run director they must have had to say a <laughs> yeah that, they, they did a great
1: job they, they did a great job all the volunteers as they always do at parkrun and it was brilliant i mean we were it was it, yeah i mean it was just chaos and apparently of the 650 over 300 people had done a parkrun already that day either craftace aberdeen uh stonehaven so i sorry hazelhead stonehaven so yeah, it was really good. So that was cool. Uh, I did a bit of a session on it, and yeah, just enjoying being able to do things like park run again. You know, and put the the speed up. Knee is touch wood, holding up.
0: Oh, wow! Well, so good I, 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 sound, I can't believe there was six hundred. It's usually about three hundred and fifty you get in these these uh, park runs, and and it wasn't really a, a great day, was it? It was a bit windy and a bit cold, was it not?
1: Uh, it was. I would just go as far as to say it was perfect.
0: Oh, okay, fair it was
1: uh, it was re- it was really good conditions um yeah. so uh it was good and of course we uh i was delighted to lace up at the tilly 10k which was ace we saw you guys it, down there
0: exactly yeah it wasn't that such a, a fantastic well-organized race um I, I was i was quite quite happy with the the whole organizing and, and taking part in the event i was a little bit worried it was going to be a bit windy and and pb's well pb's right for me anyway but um, it was actually a great day because you're in the valley, aren't you? So you you, you don't really yeah. and it's fairly fairly sheltered in in each of the set in each of the, sa- the sides. So you didn't really feel much of a, a breeze, to be honest. So it was perfect conditions, I think. But you know, perfect conditions for a fast time when you're fit and healthy, you know.
1: So. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it, mate. And I thought it was good to see a good field. You know, to see I mean Jamie Crow running 26, sorry 29:16. I mean that's obscene.
0: Do you know what? I'm so glad he ran that time because he was a, he was about a minute away from me in the first mile. I thought, oh god, I hope this guy's <laughs> running a 28 because I feel like I'm running a 35 at the moment. The way uh, you know the way he was running. And Grant, Grant a big shout out to I know I Grant, Grant Sheldon's well. a, a you know he's a, a regular TRS listener and he's also one of the interviewees and um, he had a great run as well. And he did. He's, yeah. He's not been. I think he's had a few injuries. So to get a sub 30. Okay, he was running with Jamie for a bit, but you know he's basically on your own doing these sub 30 times. Is I think is incredible. Um, when that mm-hmm. course, and and I don't think, although the times, those two times are fast, I think it's not the, although it's a fast, it's a fast course, but it's not the fastest of the, the 10Ks. You know, the top top bit, and then at the start you've got to you've got to turn, not 180, but well, 120 degrees, twice. Um, yeah. The so that it's, start, it's a yeah. lot, yeah. It's a little bit of, um, it's a little bit of time you can make up, but it is, you know, very flat. Um, a little bit, slightly up and the way up, and then a little bit down and the way down, and um, definitely a quick course. So, uh, yeah, the Scotland, Scotland's answer to the, I was gonna say the Leeds Ribble Abbey <laughs> Dash there, but <laughs> let's go. You know, there's been mistakes with that one in the, this year, so let's right, go with Ribble the. Valley. Ribble Valley 10k, so there you go folks, if you want a fast time next year, or this year, at the end of the year, uh, at, at, or, and or burn off the, the mince pies, get yourself over to the, the Tilly 10k at the end of the year. So to give
1: it its full review, I mean, A, the as Kyle says, the course is quick, which is great, first and foremost, they, got, they get the race right, it's a quick course, you can run a good time, well marshalled, not a, no question about that. The dog leg at the start they, they know that they need to do something about that, but that aside, great course, but the whole event thing you get a really cool medal afterwards, which is great, which I'm now using as a coaster for a pint glass and <laughs> after and afterwards the prize giving th- in the hall was really good i mean i can 't remember the last race I went to that I had i mean we talk a lot about the Fraserburgh spread it's excellent, the Fraser half you've got to go there if you haven't, but I right. to say tilly T- Tilly. Rocking into that kitchen and getting pies and all
0: soup oh, and all sorts oh, was it excellent. Oh, yeah. excellent. I was pretty happy with that. I was, uh, you know, and we had a couple of pies and we went to get lunch afterwards. So.
1: <laughs> yes, and the beers. <laughs> I mean, every every finisher got a, beer, a, a yeah. nice uh, Williams Bros beer. I think mine was called like Tin Man or something. It wasn't one I was familiar with. So yeah, top top class event. Really impressed, and it's uh, for me is a now a festive uh, fixture for sure.
0: Well, like like we say, you know, you, you, there's Ripple Valley 10k and there's the Tilly 10k in the same day, so, you know, it's... Uh...
1: Well, especially when you've got a field like that, I mean, you've got someone running 20, low 29s, and you've got, I mean, what yeah. was that, Annabelle Simpson for the win in 30, I know her time because she was about a second behind me, <laughs> <laughs> 34, behind. 50 or something. So the key one uh, is behind, yeah. yeah. I tell yeah. you what, well, I was getting, I, 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 I was... I went into that saying to you, I think I might get checked today. No, I didn't, not <laughs> that I've got any worries of being checked. I, I hoped that I was going to get checked to be by my wife, but I, I actually managed to hold off. So, the takeaway for me there, the, fortunately, the six weeks of was no running I did, the damage is not quite as bad as I thought. I'm not in ah. as bad a shape as I thought it would be, which is quite a relief. So,
0: yeah. yeah so, but, are um, you, so, in, in general, are you, are you happy with how it went? Okay, you were off your, your PB, but, you know, you, you seem... What, I, what I'll get, you know, I, I spoke to a few folk and they were a little bit you know, there's always mumbles and grumbles about times, and oh, I didn't achieve this time. And um, but do you know what? You know, you're probably one of the most positive, happiest from your time. You're pretty happy with your time, given that way you are. And I was quite, in, I was impressed by your your ethos, Tom. Uh, to you know, to to be not not anywhere near, it, but just glad that you're running, glad that you're racing. And uh, and enjoying the whole experience. I think people Absolutely. forget about that. People forget. You know, you know people will be listening to this right now. I was speaking to Rankin Lascelles, you know, and oh. saw him in my run earlier, and he's been injured, and and he just wants to get running. He just wants yeah. to, to, to. You forget how how good and how refreshing it is to be running, depend regardless of your fitness level, and, and, and that's something that we're. I'm certainly fortunate for when even if I'm not running well. Just to be out running it's just uh you know, I'm 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 hum you know, I'm I'm lucky to be doing that and, and grateful for it too. The thing
1: about the Tilly Ten K is the way I looked at it is it was it was December twenty eighth. So the, the week before that all I'd done was eat and drink. And then you know, yeah, I did his and stuff. It's of it's not exactly it wasn't exactly something I was on my mind and race strategy and stuff. Yeah, no, so yeah, yeah. If you know It is what it is. It's a great event, but it is also just, I think it's a great race. It was really good to, you know, shout out to James Callender, who's a listener from uh, um, the Westies. And he went out, and he was in my sights all the way, and I caught him. And uh, he gave me a a worry TRS shout. And we had had about a kilometre of just like neck and neck pushing the pace, which was good fun. And that's what it is. It's good fun racing. And, and, okay, I was pleased. I was able to, I went in thinking, I want to go under 35 minutes. And I paced it well, pushed on second half, and did that. So I think sometimes folk maybe just need to have a, an expectation check of what are you going into that race for. You're not, you're not, you. If you're going into PB, great. But if you've, if you've just been eating, drinking, your Christmas, you're tat, you've been off the boil, have a think about what you're there for. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the goals. Surely the main goals are coming in spring. I mean, this is. I, I thought it was. So I agree. With you. A couple of folk I saw grumbling. I was like, come on. It's a great. It's,
0: just just enjoy it. It's good fun. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And a big shout out to Fiona. She had a great race and you she know did. coming coming second there and you know not not quite beating the the, the you know the the lesser half. But um, <laughs> and my wife, my wife was running too. I was quite happy. She had a with great her. run. She was you know initially you know when you look at your your PBs you, you go oh no I'm not near my PB but you know I I think over t- through time Debbie understood that. 38 just over 38 minutes and 38 flat I think and and you know her, she she's just had a baby and and uh, just to be running and I, I was impressed by that and I think her her pelvic pain when she was running that that got to in the last sort of halfway down the in the last bit but yeah pretty happy with both the both the better half storm I think
1: absolutely and I thought they both ran really well and what will crack me up afterwards when speaking to you in the car park and uh you're saying oh yeah debbie debbie's not quite sure about how she feels about a run and you're like bloody hell she was fifth same position as me <laughs> yeah, exactly
0: <laughs> and yeah and i'm like god you know and that's that seems to be the case in most races and, and you know she's a triathlete i'm this is my this is my uh bread and butter is, exactly. is running and she's coming the same position i am so a wee bit of friendly rivalry i say absolutely so,
1: so it was uh so anyway it was it was all good um what else the other thing I was going to ask you right so we're now into the new year have you got any New Year's resolutions running related or other? Do
0: you know what Tom? I'm going to be honest, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I could right, not <laughs> be honest. I can't be to making resolutions. So that was that, Tom. I was just like, nah. I, I, but do you know what? Just I think you might have mentioned this actually, and or someone did, and I thought it was quite a good um, a good analogy. Is just be better as many overall as a person, as a as mm. as a human, yeah, as a good. as a runner, as a as a father, as a, a husband, and just do or uh, even as, as a you know, as a podcaster, as an employee, just do something a little bit better. And one of those things for me is just to be a little bit more organized. Um, you know, just try and and I think being a bit more organized, getting up a little bit earlier just to seize the day and, and just making sure that I'm, I'm spreading my time in the right places, you know, and and spending time with Logan and Debbie and, and, uh, you know, making time for the podcast and making time for running and, and not taking, and again, just, uh, you know, not getting wind up about not hitting my splits or not doing well in a race or a training session. It's like, what will be will be and 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 um, you know, I know I just think new year's resolutions some people can make them and distress about them and uh so so just really just taking a bit of time to think about the year and, and not actually you know do one just do everything as a little bit better and you know not mm-hmm. hugely better but a little bit better so that I can improve my life you know and and help other people so what about you Tom so uh
1: Oh, so i'm going vegan for 2020
0: oh for christ's sake are I'm, you
1: no i'm not of course
0: i'm not <laughs> jeez <laughs> i was i didn't know what to say i mean if you want to, you want to i'm i'm absolutely delighted for, for you tom but no, uh, shot. no nah, shot. i can't see you being a vegan to be honest you just you like your meat too much exactly then... <laughs> i
1: like my, my my meat my cheese it just wouldn't happen so um no much so you know much like yourself, I really want to just become a a bet i'm trying to do the like the one percent a bit more so looking at strength and conditioning once a week you know it's 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 laziness that I've not been doing it uh so I, I was in the gym today, and just to try and focus a bit more on 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 sort of being a bit more rounded as a runner um you know and and getting back to consistency you know that was i mean i think i've got I've got a pretty good running work life balance so I, I just want to try and keep that up and i would say the bit that i need to work on is strength and conditioning so a bit of yeah. that which for sure um and you know, little things like some of these i don't like this phrase but life hacks you know things that are running hacks if you like you know a number of people we've at the trs um running injury prevention some of the guys like chris and rod and kirsten yeah. were talking about you know what we where they do things like so since then i've started when I brush my teeth, I do one minute single leg on each side. Brush my teeth in the in, okay, the, nice. in, the, in the evening, and then in the morning I do uh, like 50 calf raises when I brush my teeth. So I'm just, now us- so using my using my teeth brushing lost time to do stuff, and you know just to, little things like that, just to try and be a bit more mindful of, of of keeping on top of it and not just being
0: lazy. Do you know what I did today? Well I started doing this is maybe where I'm we're we're coming into yeah, let's do it. I'm I'm a little bit like that too. Now I understand that my left hip still give me a lot of um issues when I'm running and you know when I'm doing some easy runs I always feel it. Some long runs I'm feeling it and I've had it for I keep rambling on about it. I've rambled on for the last year or so. Um but today I, I was like, right, let's do some uh you know, let's try and strengthen this leg, do some mini plyometrics yeah mm-hmm. uh, so so just while I 'm at work, so I went up the stairs today, Tom, and I did some single leg hops on my right nice. leg on my right leg, which is absolutely fine. can get up the stairs, no problem without needing to take a breath, so much more power going through my right than there is in my left, which is mm-hmm. interesting because when you run, you 're only running in one leg at a time, mm-hmm. so there's a there 's a clear there's a clear imbalance with, in in terms of power from from both legs, which I need to address quite quite soon, to be honest. Um, so I <laughs> I went down the stairs again, right? And you know I'm not holding on to the rail or anything like that. You know, and you're you're line of work. You're always told to hold the rails and stuff mm-hmm. when you're going up and down the stairs. Now, you know, you, yeah, I get why we we don't have that rule at ASV for obvious reasons. We're a sporting facility and. You know, we don't take things, health and safety, as seriously as perhaps you guys do when you're going up and down stairs. Anyway, get to my point. So so I'm I'm hopping up the stairs in my gammy leg, you know, not holding on to the rail. Oh, no. (laughs) I get get halfway. Boom! (laughs) He falls down. Oh, no. Who comes down the stairs? My CEO comes down the stairs. I'm lying there. Oh, no. It's like, you're right, I'm lying. I'm just, uh, (laughs) I'm just doing some single leg hops up the stairs, <laughs> uh, I, I, and, and that was that. You know, I was a little bit, a, a little bit red faced, but, um, but I tried, Tom. I tried, but just, just in the stairs, you know, in the back, in the back of the, the facility, they're not very, they're not very, um, kind to be fallen onto. They're quite sharp. So I have got a couple of bruises on my hands, but other than that, I'm fine. I, another mishap I have. Right now, this is a, a so listeners, Tom, you as well have you ever had have you ever bonked in an easy run a five mile run i bonked this i bonked today like you know five mile easy run get to about three miles going bloody hell hell but it's not like i haven't eaten i've had lots of food and drink and stuff and i bonk i bonk in a five mile easy run i was going about seven and a half eight minute miles i wasn't going fast
1: and what happened after you bonked you just couldn't keep going
0: I stopped, had a little breather, and, and then I ran back down. Have you ever had that before? I've had the I can't be arsed before, but I don't think I've ever had a bonk. I mean, it wasn't like a major bonk, you know, I'm sweating, I'm lying there, I'm shaking. It was just like, God, I need to get home, like, you know.
1: Oh, dear. Well, so any,
0: a... well I mean, hopefully I'm okay, but Jesus. Yeah. It was a little bit... Um, I mean, it's happened a couple of times, but I'm I'm just wondering if... <laughs> You know, you know, you can run just over five minute miles for, ten k or something, and, and then all of a sudden you can hardly put together a four mile eight minute run. You know. Hmm.
2: Well,
1: well better, um, it, better 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 happens now than it happens in like in your marathon three and a half weeks time.
0: Well, this is true. This is true. So I I, I think I need to do a bit more than five miles a day. That's for sure. Um yeah. But I am doing a little bit more than that. I must say I'm not. You know, I'm doing. A bit, I'm probably doing about seventy miles a week in the last couple of weeks. So nice. So that should get me through, I think. So we'll see what happens, I suppose. So anyway, I
1: did, f- I did my first run commute of the year today. Did you go through the forest? I did, yeah. And you know, you run through... i mean, you—you've I mean, run—you've run through the Alps at night with a head torch. I mean, this would be child's play to you, but you let's know.
0: let's correct that. I've walked through the Alps and <laughs> the head torch.
1: No, you were still—you were still running at that stage. It was like the first night you were running. The second uh, night you weren't.
0: That, that's that's true, yeah. So one night I managed to.
1: But I'm I'm running through the woods at the sort of six thirty in the morning and. If there's like either any noise of like a bird or a deer runs out in front of me, I'm just shitting myself. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like you're like... Yeah, so do you have a head torch. Yeah, I had a head torch, but it was like, it's just that sort of when you get right in the middle of the woods and you're thinking, this is just like, it was, It's there's nothing there except like, you look, you know, your head torch reflects all the eyes inside the woods.
0: How the hell do you think I felt for 30 hours in the Alps myself?
1: Oh, pass me. Like, I, I, mean, I still I don't was... know how you did that.
0: I I was I I told I think I said this, but I'm sure that the grass I was hallucinating. The rocks were starting to move, and the grass was like like waves of of it was like waves and stuff like that. It was crazy. Wow. The the things it does to you, and that was at night. So I think the head torch, the the movement of the shadows, and I think that had a, mm, an impact okay. on on my perception of of what was in front of me. But uh, bloody hell! But uh, that's a a good point. So any listeners who's um, who, who, who's and now uh, let's let's ask this question to you, Tom. Are you going to be doing the UTMB this year? Because entries are open. Uh, CCC, see any of that? No.
1: I mean, as, apart from because 'cause I've got a beard, doesn't mean I'm, I'm going to start running those businesses. Sort of <laughs> and more importantly, I don't have the points or the interest. <laughs> let's be quite wow. honest.
0: Wow. Well, you need to get your points, mate.
1: Well, do you know, I've got business. I've got I've got business to take care of. At the, marathon half marathon distance yet don't you don't you worry about ultras yet well don't i won't worry about ultras yet i should say
0: fair 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 enough fair enough tom so where are we then so we've talked about i think we talked what did you ask me a question did uh, i no, shy you, away from we talked we
1: talked about new year's resolutions but i think we're i think we're clearing that so listeners let us know if you've got any new year's new year's resolutions would be quite keen to hear them um whether they're running or not um but I guess, actually, if we're moving on, one New Year's resolution, we talk about we're getting older and we want to continue to run well. There's a bit of news coming out. He's been passed back to us by a few people, including my dad, including former interviewee of the show, Graham Benison, Some absolutely incredible news about 5AC's George Black, who, I mean, this is sort of Seb type. He set two world records in three days over the festive period. This is a Scottish fife ac runner george black so on the he ran at the perth park run he set an over 80 world record of 23 35 yeah. unbelievable sorry beg your pardon that was at the north that was i'm sorry he broke it he set it at 24 34 at the st andrew's park run and then he went and broke it again to run 23:35 at uh, perth which is so breaking his own over 80s uh 5k world record and then he broke the world four mile, uh, he also had broken, sorry, I'm, making, I'm messing this up, but three days prior to that, he'd broken the world four mile record for over 80s in I don't know that time to hand. I mean, unbelievable. And it's so inspirational, you know, a guy, a, a five AC Kirkcaldy wizard on our doorstep is, uh, yeah, three broken world records over two different distances in three days. Unbelievable.
0: That's, that's incredible. Um, so it's, it's four miles. So he ran the Port Bello prom- Promathon on New Year's Day uh, in Edinburgh. Well, at Port Bello, um, just in Edinburgh, 30 minutes and 10 seconds, which is an average pace That's of seven seven 7.32 per mile. So let's put that in perspective. I did my five miles today and I bonked at eight minute miles. <laughs> Big George Black comes past me half a minute faster. But you, you know, the park a, run one is impressive 2335. Yeah. That's so, uh, really impressive. Do, do you know what? Do you know what's more impressive? I'm I'm reading the new the, run, the Scottish running guide have have summed it up. Um, I Speaking yeah. to national uh, newspaper as well of his achievement. So, um, basically, what he said is is a half hour run consisted of 18 minutes of discomfort, eight minutes of pain, and four minutes of agony. Um, <laughs> so, but interesting. This gets even more remarkable. This. Um, so. So George Black, he had a heart attack five years ago. in uh, in and, and he's obviously ran the fastest time of any other runner. So it's a world record park run for him. Um uh, yeah, but he was born in nineteen thirty nine. Um yeah, he's I think he's been an exceptional runner for, for some time. You know, he's he he was a cyclist, um uh, he did his first run, he was forty two, um Ran his first race, the Vets Marathon Championships in Glasgow, in a time of 3:19. 15 minute, 15 months later, he won the event, and winning it in an incredible 2:30. Not That must wow. have been as, as a vet. Um. So yeah. So there you go. It's uh. Yeah. It, it'd be. Do you know what? It'd be great to have him on the show. Yeah, it would be. You know, as we a Scot. Give... If we yeah. can get any. If anyone knows George, and and you know, obviously it's. It's a lot to ask to come on and you know talk about running, but if he wants to, and we would love to have him on. Uh, so if anyone does know of him, and- well,
1: you know, let me give my dad a shout because dad runs for the Cacadi Wizards as well, so oh, he may he? have a he may be able to bring us an in. So dad, yeah, if you're listening, get get hook us up.
0: Get father dad, get father Brian uh to, to interview him. Oh, now you're ta- now you're talking. Tell you that would be that fantastic. is excellent. Oh, That's a win-win. You know, the, the, you know the spot, T.R.S. sponsored biker, Cawdy Wizards. There you oh, go, boom. Yeah.
1: So there, there's what we need to do. One request we had from listeners actually for 2020, and this is I do want to do it, is to bring back club night, and that's just been that needs to come back. So we should do a Wizards or a Wizards club night special, and we get George Black on as well. That's uh, that'll be good.
0: It'd be brilliant. And another guy, you know, talking about you know ages and a num, it's just a number of folks. Is uh, your ultra running man from? Sh- from the or- or- the or- Orkney islands um William sickle so he's about to attempt uh, now he's about to attempt the Athens International Ultramarathon festival a thousand <laughs> that's not a typo thousand mile road race oh my God and that's to, it starts next week 1 pm time next week Thursday the 16th of January And finish the same time in the first of February. Uh, so I, I would take it that would be your your cutoff time. Now there's a world over 65 record of 15 days, two hours and 50 minutes is in one second. <laughs> that one second counts by uh-huh. Russia's Vladimir Glaskov. So yeah, Russian, and that would be interesting. New York in 2004. So good luck to William for that event. Um, this is a good article on Run ABC again. Um, but he'll be using this run to raise funds for clan orkney which is a, a great cause do you know what's interesting tom the the thousand mile road race it's going to be held in a one kilometer loop oh <laughs> so oh, that's man. over that's, a th- that's that? over a thousand laps thousand miles a thousand miles no yeah, it'll be over yeah a 16, miles. so it's 1600 laps must be yeah it would be oh my goodness it's crazy yeah that is so do you know what, he's, he's, uh, he's got 732 records, he's got 104 World Age Group records and two Guinness World Records, his shortest records, 30 miles on the track and his longest ones in on the uh, overall British record are 3,100 miles on the road, so uh, that's like, crazy, yeah. yeah. That but is another, crazy. And, and that, another interesting one for any Yorkshire enthusiasts out there, um he uh, set a New World Indoor Age Group record, six-day record um, in Milwaukee last August. I'm, I wonder if that's the same one that Zach Bitter did. I'm not sure when he broke the 100-mile world record. 434 miles for six days. For a six, This guy is 65. He's at least 65. I don't actually know his age. but um, So, yeah, incredible. Again, another guy we need to get on the show. So unbelievable. Anyone knows anyone knows William and in in you know if he would like to come on the show, let him you know certainly get in contact. It'd be great to have him on. So yeah. So there you go.
1: The, moving on, the other the last bit of news that came up on the radar at Christmas, and I kind of I want to talk about this because I've had a debate with a few people about this, and you know I we've talked about it we were I mean this is a subject that's been on the radar a lot in the last six months. TRS talked about it about eighteen months ago, so it's not new to us but we love talking about it. Is the Vaporfly next percent debate. Now there's been some articles over the over Christmas period and a couple of things I've read on Let's Run that apparently IWF are braced to they're about to rule on the legality of these shoes. And apparently it the the insider news and again this is just an article so maybe BS but they're talking about Setting a, a limit on the stack of the shoe and limiting it at 36 mil, which coincidentally is the stack height on the Vapor, fl- the the next percent. Now, I guess it's one of those things that that would essentially mean that the new Alpha Fly, which Kipchoge won his world rec, won ran his sub two in, would be illegal, and therefore I guess Nike couldn't release it. I've also heard, I've read again this is the source is loose. Read on some articles of that and forums that it will be released in time for spring marathons at four hundred and fifty pounds. Four hundred and fifty pounds. For the for the Alpha Fly. But Jesus. again if they surely if so anyway, my my question to you is what do you think on that? Where do you think the line is? Because at some stage now someone needs to draw a line. Or do we just say let technology take us forward? You, you want a right? story Before- shoe, fill your boots.
0: Right. Let's assume that this Alpha Fly gets released, right? And it's in and the the legalities are that it's um it's it's not a fit for purpose. It's uh it's a shoe that's banned from races. I tell you what, some people are gonna be wearing it for races. And I'm and you're gonna be running past these people with Alpha Flies on, going, you cheating bastard, get those off your but, feet. Sure. So to that, I agree with
1: you, right? I totally agree with you. But to that, I would say, as long as the pros aren't wearing it, do the IWF care? The IWF don't care what I wear. I could be doping for the IWF care.
0: No, 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 no I know. I mean, it's not about IWF though. It's about your. Who gives a crap about it? It's about the people you're competing against. So it's a yeah, race. You're competing against each other. So why on earth would I want to be racing somebody who's doping, even if the yeah. I' it, It's i don't really care what they they think but, like, but you
1: don't know that you're you're at the moment you're going into races trusting that folk aren't doping
0: but when it comes to the you know trainers and someone's wearing an alpha fly and and it's it's beyond the the stack height then yeah i'll be giving them i'll get i'll be giving the my my tuppence worth um, <laughs> and I, and, I, and i'm not i'm not i won't be the only one i'm sure there'll be yeah, people right there who'll be doing the same thing and and it'll it's if that's the case and they're still selling the shoes um to you know an illegal shoe for races it's going to cause a lot of um a lot of it's games it's gamesmanship isn't it, it is.
2: you
0: know, it's um you're or it's not even that it's, it's cheating i mean the it's one a, thing i do not you're cheating if you're wearing a shoe that's illegal it's like when you know, wearing a riding a bike uh during a race it's the same thing because your shoes aren't aren't legal for the race but the, what
1: my problem is is that the iwf have been so slow in this so now that and the problem is i would have rather they came out and said yes it's okay i know they they've kind of just done nothing and now we're in this position where the, the shoes are moving quickly and, and you've got some people in the sport who will say wearing an x percent is is heresy and you, is you you're cheating now if they rule that 36 mil is the limit which is in line with the X percent again that annoys me because basically nike are dictating the rules here
0: it's not it's not just about nike though is it it's all the other brands are chasing or trying to play catch up and and so they're producing shoes that um so you know i think the argument isn't just about nike yeah it's not it's not just about the nike vaporfly anymore it's about all the other brands are going to be in this predicament what are they going to do with their future shoes and um yeah. so yeah you're right enough. I mean you know the the brands will be kinda getting a little bit worried as well like what what's in, in the pipeline and and they they might have to change the product quite quickly if uh if it's gonna be in the legal shoes so so just a question on that i mean i haven't i I haven't really read the article that well, but um maybe you have, but so the nine percent is that gonna be is that going to be banned, or is, is that going well, to be still within well, the limiter?
1: Well, this article speculates that 36 mil may be the stack height that they, they draw the line at, which would basically mean they're saying the next percent is okay, but beyond that, we're not allowing it. Now, that actually only deals with the cushion. Now, I believe the cushion, I think most people seem to feel that the cushion is the main benefit in a marathon. The plate is a different question, I guess. And they, I just uh, It's going to be really interesting because now... More and more and more people are wearing them. The, it's, there's a real sort of, I don't like it when I go on, I was, a, I was or I'm a runner, and see some moron saying, oh, if you wear an percent, you're cheating. You know, Or someone saying to me, oh, I wouldn't wear an percent because I want, my, I, I want to believe in my marathon times that I've worked for it and not a shoe. Now, that really pisses me off when I hear that, yeah, having, but, having PB'd in a pair of vaporflies.
0: I mean yeah, yeah, I think I think it would. And no one the the issue we've got here is no one knows the there's okay, there's a there's an article from the New York the New York Times that gives you some idea of that there is a performance benefit there. The 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 thing is, in my eyes, in my opinion, is shoes there's there's shoes out there who there's certain shoes that have got a performance benefit if it's a racing shoe. If you wear you, know, you could argue if you wearing a heavy cushion shoe and then you put on a light shoe, then there's a performance benefit there, isn't there? Yeah. And that's the lightness of the shoe. It's not the 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 material of the shoe that's that's causing the the performance there. But um, yeah. And talking about that, the, yeah, if, if anyone wants to read the the New York Times article, um, that's quite interesting. Um, and it says the Nike's fastest shoes may give runners an even bigger advantage than we thought. Have a read of it. Um, we can we can put that put on our show notes, and you can you can um, yeah gather your own opinions. But I yeah. I do I do I'd agree. Yeah, exactly. I do agree. I, I think there's there's people who've achieved PBs, and and I think it's within there's no it's within the rules of the sport as as it stands, and uh, and and I think people should be um, yeah you should still be celebrated that you you get a PB. So uh, you, you do a really good, you have a good performance. So, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, do you know, what? if I'm completely transparent here, I, I was in, I was, I know I was in 230 shape in Frankfurt, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I know I was. And to be honest, I honestly believe I could have been in any pair of shoes and I would have run that time. And I trained well, I was in good shape. I executed perfectly, but I appreciate the fact that I was in a shoe that, let's be honest, it gives you, it proven to give you an advantage. There's, there's, there is no doubt in my mind now that it. I think it allows you to get the best out of yourself in a race. Now, it's a really, it's a, it's it's a very difficult situation, and you've now got the problem is you've now got a sport where some people are saying they disagree with people wearing it. But in a race, if you're laying up, say you're lining up next to someone at your marathon in three and a half weeks, and you're wearing the next percent, and the guy next to you's not, he can try and take a moral high ground. But at the end of the day you're running within the rules.
0: Grant Sheldon was wearing, not everyone was wearing their next percents or their Vapor 5, 4 percents. Good old Grant Sheldon was wearing his Ultra shoes and with no, no carbon plate in it. And he ran a 29.50-ish and that Tilly 10K. And I thought, you know, good on him. You know, yeah, good, good on him for sticking sticking the shoe Fiona, that he believes in. And Fiona, was in a a pair of, time. Fiona was in a pair of Adios. There you go, you know. There you go. So it's not, it's, it's not all about the shoe. I think you need to focus on your your performance and and if you want to wear something that is going to help you through the race and go for it. But you know, I, I'll be honest. I'm I'm going to be lining up in, in 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 London anyway with the shoe that's that's legal and it's going to give me a, the best advantage possible because I know everyone else is going to do the same. So I want to be in a level playing field. But surely, surely
1: the Boost. When Adidas brought out the Boost, it's the same thing. It's an improved foam that you get is lighter and it's more cushioned for a lighter weight. More, you know. And every other brand is doing it. Even if you take Ultra as an example, I'm sure the foam Ultra using is more advanced than the shoot the foam they were using five years ago. I guess it's just Nike have made this monster leap that we're in this position. That anyway, we could talk about this all night. But yeah, listeners, send us your opinions because it's it's fascinating. It really is.
0: It is, yeah, and, and, yeah, it, yeah. You, you could you could talk all night about it, um, but yeah, it is exciting. I'm I'm excited about you know it, I'm excited about the, the new shoes out there and um, the fact that even not even just about the performance benefit of it, and you know the the Nike ones, Nike React. There's going to be you know they're the bringing out e- shoes that make it a lot easier to run uh, when yeah. you're. And to prevent injury, prevent possibly who knows. Um, but it's interesting. You know, a few years ago, we we're talking about minimalist shoes, now we're, we're going back up and, and height stacking. Talking about it's gone from the one extreme to the other, which I think is quite interesting, too. But hey ho, you but to be honest, folks, it's all about you know your training and um, initially, exactly. and you, you might get that extra added one or two or three. Even maybe eight percent improvement, depending on who you are and, and, and if how, how well you do. But it's very no one you, you can't you can't you'll never be able to to know exactly the percentage of improvement, really. Do
1: you know what I had first time I ran two thirty nine in Chicago in a pair of Nike streaks, you know flat flats, and then six months later I ran London a pair of Airflies two forty two. Oh. So they, don't, they, they don't buy you a PV. <laughs>
0: exactly, yeah. They don't. You've got to put in the work. So
1: I was finishing that race going, bloody waste of money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> God darn. Well, I'm still on the 4%, so I need to fork out when I go into, when I get to, to Amer- you know the US later on in, the, you know, in a couple of weeks' time. So I'm looking forward to hopefully getting a bargain there. So that'll be fun. Nice. Anyway, right. So I think we're going to move on to talking about vapor flies and all that. We're going to move on to some... Performances, some results that we've, mm-hmm. we've uh, that have gone gone through and you know come come about through the festive season. So the first one, let's just round up the Tilly 10K, will we, talk? Let's do
1: it. So yeah. we talked a bit already. In fact, you want to go for the results?
0: I've got them right in front of me. So we had our man, Central Athletics Club, a new championship record, course record, Jamie Crow, twenty nine nine eighteen chip time. Boom. Drop the mic. Fantastic result. Um, yeah. Incredible run, you know, for that running on the zone with a lot, Grant helping in the first half. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to see what Jamie's going to run in the the future. It's um, oh, yeah. just an emerging talent, really, and he's quite young as well. So great result from Jamie. Uh, Grant Sheldon not too far behind, exactly half a minute behind, 29:48. So fantastic run, Grant's been an interview of the interview of the show. Uh, so look back, have a listen to him. Great guy, fantastic traffic. And uh yeah, again, it'd be exciting to see what he's gonna be producing in the world of running and the triathlon season two. So uh we had our man, uh again, another interview of the show. Al Hay, thirty fifty nine, sneaking under the thirty one minute barrier. Um nice. the great result for, for, for Alster Alistair. Then and that also rounded up the Central Athletics, the yellow train getting the the team prize.
1: So, on the team prize, I'm just going to put it out there, right? Feedback to Tilly, and I think a few of the organizers listen. We loved the event. Great going. Why on earth is there a team prize for men and not women? Now, I'm saying that biasly because the Metro ladies smashed it. But secondly i mean it's 2020 guys <laughs> this is you know this is an e- equality so world
0: 2019 didn't get it right Tom.
1: well it was 2019 but anyway just... for the for the 2020 event you need to have a male prize and a female prize because i can i'll be honest our women are a bit ticked off because i know the, the claim will be oh it was a a general team prize but that's nonsense because who's going to be i mean you've got when you've got men running 30 minutes you might as well just not have a women's team prize so that would be our that's our rant for the for tilly well, maybe the maybe, they just, prize.
0: maybe they just forgot to give it out.
1: Well they had they must maybe they did because they had prizes for really exactly. so, so every other category every
0: five years. I, mean, I had plenty of prize while I was waiting for <laughs> yeah. it. So no, nah, what I will say is, you know, give them the shit sandwich, Tommy. Uh they yeah. they had a lot of prizes for a lot of age groups, so they did and, and that was uh, excellent, yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, I think maybe it was just an oversight. But uh yeah, I'm sure they'll they'll report back and, and let us know. So um yeah, so we we then in the female side we we talked about Annabelle Simpson uh, coming just behind Tom. Tom, I'm going to give you a Jew here. She was she was eight sec nine seconds behind you, so it wasn't a second.
1: Yeah, I only went so, past with a mile to go as well, so I closed pretty well.
0: So th- there you go. So um, yeah, give yourself a little bit of uh, a little bit of kudos there, Tom. Um, so Annabelle Simpson, great run from her, new course record yet again, 34.55. Uh, Fiona Bryan not far behind, uh, ten seconds. Just just behind Annabelle in 35.05, and uh, and third place was our Metro as well, uh, 36, 35. Claire Bruce. Um, so yeah, I think that was the season's best for for Claire. So good result for her. And uh, yeah, and that finished off the Metro ladies getting the team prize as we as we say. No. <laughs> And that, exactly. that's, yeah, supported by Nicola Gold who had a good run in thirty seven twenty six as well as uh, Debbie just on just on top of thirty eight as well. So there you go. So what about the what's the other results we have on the, on well, the show?
1: So Rebel okay. Valley, which is a renowned quick ten K at the uh, at the end of the year, and you know, as I click on the results, for some reason it's giving me the uh, the two thousand and eighteen results. Give me two seconds. River Valley. There was a couple of really good Scottish performances down there, and it's one of those races that if you can be bothered, if you want to, if you're prepared to travel that time of year, it's worth doing so because it is quick. Um, Is that what your
0: personal best is, Tom?
1: uh, No, my PB is at uh, Brian Goodwin 10k. Ah,
0: of course. Okay. Well, I'm um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, uh, second that for Tom. That's my PB course, and I think it's a great course, great result. I, I like the undulations of it and um and yeah i was i was delighted to get my my pb there and uh yeah so definitely if you can get yourself over to that if you if you don't support the tilly tank here you you don't get in so um there
1: were, there were some amazing Scotch performances i mean the race was won outright by mark scott in 28 32 but more importantly we'll focus on the Scotch results so with um great run from johnny glenn 29, 29 34 30. yeah Inverclyde, so great run there. We had Dell Hawkins, great to see Derek back in action. Twenty nine forty, James Donald Dundee Hawks, twenty nine forty two, really good run there. Um, moving down through some of the Scottish names, we had Dougie Selman thirty thirty
0: two. We missed out, one, missed out one, missed out one there. Tom Martin. So this, oh, Of that, course, yeah. This, for, for me, this is uh, what probably one of the most impressive performances of the, the festive season in my eyes. I mean, I I've known Tom oh, yeah. from the hill running season and. Uh, the hill running, uh, you know, side of things. So for him to sneak under sub thirty is for me is is incredible yeah, and uh, a massive kudos to Tom for for that performance. Because to be honest, I didn't see that one coming. Um, and and he's he's supported that. He's backed that performance up, and as we'll chat about in the Portobello four miler, where he ran, uh, you know, neck and neck with Grant Sheldon. So wow. he's uh, he's a, a massive emergence. Emerging talent in the the 10k side of things, anyway. So. I,
1: think we're gonna say, he's, he's, I was like you were going to say he's a massive
0: emergency. <laughs> well, that time, geez, you don't want to be in, in front of him when he's running that speed, that's for sure. So, so the, yeah,
1: the last the last Scottish name I've got I can spot in the sort of top of the results: Stuart Gibson, Campbell Lang. Uh, I mean Stuart Gibson, he's M35, 3103. So you know, solid, solid run there, really good. Um, and yeah, just great to see great to see a lot of scottish people down for the record the women's race was won outright by Jess judd 32 17 and i don't actually see i'm scrolling quickly but i don't see any other um scottish female or any scottish females in the top section so yeah,
0: so, yeah well done yeah I, di- I didn't really see many scottish uh yeah females going down for the Ribble valley i think they're all making their making their way into the 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 tilly 10k or saving yeah. himself for other things, so so yeah, Indeed. but yeah, good result there. So, yes, yeah, so what else have we got then Tom? We had we talked about the the Port four miler mentioning that, so I'll open up the results. And uh, yeah, it was a uh, another similar affair as of the, the Tilly 10Q. had grabbed Sheldon for the win, and uh, he was a little bit slower than last year. He's flying last year, Campbell Harriers. 1846 um, neck and neck, as I said, 1846 with Tom Martin. Um, so if you t- if you look at that time per, per, pace per mile, what's that? That's like a four. Is that like a 440? It's fasten. Uh, it? It's about a 440 per mile, isn't it? 442 a mile. Bloody hell! Four miles. Jesus. Anyway, so yeah. good, impressive. good, good running there. Uh, Ewan yeah. Brown, in 1934, which is still quick. Um, and Peter Avon and Daryl Hasty both getting under the, the elusive 20-minute uh, four m mark as well. So that's a good result there. Uh, first M40. I didn't realise there's an M40 there. Brian Mackie, Edinburgh Athletics Club, in 2014. So good result for um, good result for Brian there as well for securing the first uh, M5 M40. Also, M50, we had Steve Cairns, who's uh, back back in the day, uh, an, an, a Scottish international um, fantastic runner back in his day, 21 28, So good to see you. I haven't seen his name for a while. So that was good. Uh, in terms of the females, we had Annabelle Simpson taking the win, 21-30. Fair, fairly shifting, that is. And uh, Jill Stephen had HBT, 22:39. Good result for Jill. And third was Chloe, Chloe Cox, of uh, Edinburgh Athletics Club in 22:57. So there you go, Tom.
1: Very good. Last result that we've got from the sort of festive period is another is a local one for us, and it's a it's a favourite in the fixture list, the well, 10K, which is on the the second of January. Those of us up north benefiting from a, a bank holiday on the second, which is good. That was won by uh, friend of the show, former interviewee, Commonwealth Marathon medalist Robbie Simpson by D side runners 31:41. A pretty clear win for Robbie. Second place was... uh, It was a quite a close one for second place with Hamish Battle edging out Ben Ward-Run-Beer, 33-27 and 33-33,
0: <laughs> I respectively. I love how we still call Ben, Ben Ward-Run-Beer. And that, why didn't you call Rob Fat Simpson? Why is he not called Fat? Did, did he call you out on it or something?
1: No, he, no, not at all. Uh, just yeah, forget so, to fat, call him Fat Simpson? I forgot to call him Fat Simpson. I just... uh. Ben Ward run beer, I mean, I think I encourage our listeners, if, I, I know this has happened already, and it annoyed Ben, so I really want people to continue if you see Ben Ward at a race, and Ben is in serious shape at the moment, Ben is running at a really high standard right now, if you see him at a race, shout, come on Ben Ward run beer
0: <laughs> and if you see Robbie Simpson, God, fat as, Simpson he's... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> as he's running a 240 and 230 marathon go on, you know, fat Simpson exactly to be fair these guys yeah, are Olympic standard come on <laughs> exactly
1: yeah so uh anyway so good run there and on the ladies side it was a win for robbie's other half uh Buran 36 14 really strong run there on the Lomfana course which is not the quickest it's not and the
0: quickest is it i mean you've got that 2k 2k uh climb brutal, and climb, it's at the brutal start. climb and then you're back down into the it's a good after that it's it's, it's quick um, so yeah. if you've got a little bit of energy when you get to that top then you aren't a winner so
1: So good run from genie for the win second place was emma watt of GSK running club in 40:36, and third place was sally wallace d side runners in
0: 40:49. great result good stuff so all right so i think that rounds up all the results does it
1: i just want to give one shout out i can't i really wanted to give talk about the results of the cyclists versus runners organised by, sorry, Cyclists versus Harriers, organised by Dundee Hawks, but I can't find the results anywhere, their own website only has 2017 results, so Billy Gibson, who came on and did the club night for Dundee Hawks on here, he was kind enough to send us information, unfortunately we couldn't go down, but I would love to talk about it, so Billy, if you're listening, or anyone from Dundee Hawks, send us the results, because I'm, I'm on tenterhooks to discover if it was a runner or a cyclist that won it.
0: Wow. Well well, talk, talking about runners now. I think we're to the interview, the interview that I'm sure many of you have been listening or, or, or waiting for. Although you can't just fast forward it to the interview. Um, <laughs> Charlie Spedden. So I was absolutely delighted to uh, talk to Charlie Spedden. Um, so if anyone doesn't know who Charlie Spedden is, he uh, you know, back in the, the 80s he was um, a fantastic athlete and he's. Currently, still is the third fastest um, marathon. I think the third, third or fourth fastest marathon runner of all time uh, in the UK. So, Spencer was fourth in the 10,000 meters, representing England at the 1982 Commonwealth Games in Brisbane, in Australia, and uh, was England's Amateur Athletics Association 10K champion in 1983 in a time of fantastic time, 28:08 back then. And uh, his first marathon was in. Houston Marathon uh, in 1984 which he won and he's followed that up in 1984 by um, winning the London Marathon in 1984 uh, and also securing a a bronze medal for the GB team in the Marathon in 1984 Summer Olympics held in Los Angeles Uh, and he was just two seconds behind the silver medalist John Tracy so uh, so yeah, this fantastic interview, he got his personal best um, marathon, English marathon record which stood until 2014 until Mo Farah broke it, uh, 208.33, um, finished second behind Steve Jones that year in in, in London, um, and yeah, so it's, it's been great to, to chat to him, um, and he's also talking about his book. Now, I think at the start of the show, I said his book, his initial book was called from first to last. Now, Tom, you didn't call me out on that. It's from from last to first, his book. (laughs) (laughs) Which is all an account about his running, so apologies for that. Um, And, yeah. First uh, (laughs) first to last. That would be an interesting story. story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But he's also going to be talking about um, his book that's uh, called Stop Feeding Us Lies that can be viewed and purchased on, on certainly on his website, Charlie Spedden but also on Amazon as well. So, uh, yeah, here's the interview. And um, one thing I'm going to say is there was a little bit of audio um, audio uh, issues that we had in the first 15 minutes. So the introduction in a, his, his account has been missed out, uh, uh, sadly. So, yeah, but we've got about 45 minutes worth of, of Charlie Sped and talking all things um, running and all things about his, his new book that's ready to be uh to be purchased as well, so have a listen enjoy uh new year's special so yeah, hope you enjoy it. give us some feedback about it and if you do want to find out any more information about his books, certainly uh let us know and we can direct you to the website Why did you decide to to write it is, is I know you're as a pharmacist so was that one of the reasons too? just combine it with, you know, your, your, your life as an athlete as well as...
2: Um, it was because I was so frustrated by so many people being ill yeah. when the health service spends so much money um, on healthcare, and yet more and more people are becoming ill and overweight and developing lots of metabolic diseases. Yeah. In the first chapter, uh, it's called Stop Asking The Wrong Question. I talk about how we've just had a general election. Politicians are always saying, uh, How much money should we spend on the health service? We will, uh-huh. they all brag about um, supporting the health service more than other parties. And How much will we spend? And I say, Asking how much to spend on the health service is the wrong question. They should be asking the right question, which is, Why are so many people ill? Yeah.
0: Because
2: okay. you wouldn't need to spend loads of money. If very few people were ill, but loads of people are ill. Mm-hmm. So, the book that, that's the first chapter is, is about that. And then I go mm-hmm. on to talk about why so many people are ill and why that's linked to all the misinformation and, and conflicting information and bad advice we get, not just in the media, but actually from the health authorities. Some of it is proven to be wrong, but they continue with it. Um, so, it's, it's fairly controversial. And um, it goes against a lot of uh, medical consensus. But yeah. um, I provide all the references and information you need to make up your own mind as to whether what I'm saying is right or, or whether what the health authorities are saying is right. Yeah. So I hope people will be uh, open-minded when they read it. And, um, and I, I honestly believe that it can help people be healthy um, to a greater extent than I was ever able to do working as a pharmacist. Right, okay,
0: okay. And I suppose, you know, because you work as a pharmacist, you're you're seeing firsthand um, exactly what, what what we shouldn't be doing, really, and, and, and we're not promoting. So, um, and, and you, you kind of, you, you know, you mentioned it as well, and I'm sure you have in the book, um, you know, just the benefits of salt sunshine and, and the importance of, of outdoor play for amongst children's development as well and, and yes. obviously that, that 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 obviously from my own experience as an athlete and probably you as well you New know, year, you're we're, as athletes we're always going out and playing outside and and the benefits you get from that it's just huge so t- tell us what are the sort of you know the physiological benefits of doing that
2: well sunshine is an interesting one yeah. um because we're all told to avoid it completely now before i say anything else i'll, I'll stress it's really important not to burn your skin in sunshine yeah yeah that damages it and damages it long term up
0: in scotland we won't be getting much sun anyway so <laughs> no.
2: um well one of the main benefits of being in sunshine is that sunshine on your skin without any um sunscreen on it um produces vitamin d yeah. and vitamin d is a vitally important vitamin. Um I mean, we're all taught at school it, it gives you strong teeth and bones, which is true, but it actually does far more than that, and it, it's it's really important in the immune system. Okay. One of the reasons everyone gets uh, colds and flu during the winter is because the vitamin D levels are down and their immune systems aren't working as well. Yeah. I, I'm very much a believer in eating real food to be healthy. Yeah. And um, not a big taker of tablets, but I take a vitamin D supplement during the winter, only during the okay. winter. I do, because in, in north of England and in Scotland, you just don't get enough sunshine to make vitamin D. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, that's one of the great benefits. Mm-hmm. Another thing that sunshine does, it it produces um, endorphins in the skin, you know, when people talk about getting endorphins when they go running. Yeah. But but sunshine on the skin also does that. You know, when people say, um, when it's it's been cloudy for two weeks and there's a sunny day, people say things like, oh, it makes you feel better, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. And
2: and it literally does make, it's not just because you feel better because it's not rainy. You feel better because sunshine on your skin um, produces endorphins, which make you feel better. And also bright light makes you feel better as well. There's a thing known as SAD, which is Seasonal Affective Disorder, yep. where people get depressed during the winter. Yep. And the treatment for it is to sit in front of a bright light. Okay. So, going outside in daylight um, is important for that. Um, also, people have found that exercising in green spaces, in other words, where there's greenery, whether it's grass or trees, or um, actually improves people's mood and mental health yeah. so okay. lots of people who aren't runners talk about going to the gym to do some exercise well you know if, if it's freezing cold or you there's horizontal sleet outside because yeah. the wind blows are hard going to the gym might not be a bad idea but if, yeah. if the weather's good enough to go and exercise outside to me it's a much better idea to be exercising outside in fresh air and green spaces um, it's much more natural, and, and there are lots and lots of benefits to it.
0: Yeah, I'd imagine most of us go outside in some shape or form. And you're right; you know, the I, I think you know in the summer there's nothing better than going out and you know in the sun and doing a wee run. Okay, you sweat a lot, but you just feel fantastic afterwards, especially. I, I
2: absolutely agree. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, during my career, I did some um, some fairly some know some very tough training sessions. Yeah. There were, they were hard work, yeah. but most of my running was going for a run, and I would—I used to love going for a run through the woods. Yeah, there are lots yeah. of nice woodland footpaths here. Yeah. and the sun's shining. There's this dappled sunshine coming through on this nice soft path, and you're right. There were days when I felt absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and just loved doing it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, people say, "How did you do all that training?" Well. It was just a pure joy running on days like that.
0: Oh, it would have been phenomenal, yeah. So you mentioned as well about how, you know, nutrition is really important for our health and not just for runners, but just everyone. What would you mean by good nutrition?
2: I think the most important thing is to eat real food that comes from a farmer or a fisherman and yeah. not from a factory. Okay. In other words, not highly processed food, Yeah. Um, it means... Often um, cooking your own meals or making your own meals. Um, luckily, I have a wife who is a much better cook than me. <laughs> I don't to cook. I'm, I'm quite happy to cook, but she says no. Oh, okay. No, I'm not going to let you because my better. she's quite right. So I. Don't oh, fair she, enough. Yeah. But,
0: you can you but, can help out another reason.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but real food made from real ingredients, rather than highly processed food. Um, you know, there was, It's not so prevalent now, but but certainly when I was running, there was people used to talk about carbohydrate loading all the time. Yeah. And eating too many carbohydrates, and especially refined carbohydrates, is not good for you. And yeah. um, if you if you don't keep eating carbohydrates all the time, you become much more adapted um, to burning fat stores for your energy when you're running. And if you're adapted to burning fat, I talk about this in in Stop Feeding the Slice. Yeah. If you're adapted to burning fat stores, you're never going to hit the wall in a marathon because you won't run out of energy if you're burning your body fat. Even lean runners who have very little body fat have more than enough calories to, to run a marathon Um, because your glycogen store, which is store of carbohydrate, has a maximum of about 2,500 calories. Yeah, okay. and even a lean, really lean, fit runner probably mm-hmm. has about 30,000 calories in body fat. So, if you're adapted to burning that fat, you're not dependent on entirely dependent on carbohydrates for your energy, you will never run out of energy in a long distance race. Whereas sometimes, you know, people really hit the wall when they run out of carbohydrate or glycogen. Yeah, yeah. anyway, we've, we've got away from basic. Um, nutrition. I think that there's a there's a lot of well, we're in January now, and there's been a lot in the my newspaper about Veganuary.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, and I know a lot of runners have watched the Game Changers um, movie on Netflix. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I write a couple of chapters in Stop Eating Lies about veganism, and if somebody you know has a um, takes the ethical root that they want to be a vegan, that's entirely up to them, and I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. But it is absolutely undeniable that a vegan diet is lacking in essential nutrients. People who do become vegan have to take tablets mm-hmm. to replace the nutrients that are missing. So it's not a healthy option. And I think the, the simplest way to remember it is that um you know eating plants is fine for herbivores, but our species are not one of the herbivores. We yeah. need to uh, we need to eat animal sourced foods uh, for a whole variety of of um, nutrients. Yeah. Um. And whether whether you do that through <coughs> through red meat or um, or fish or poultry or or eggs is up to you for your personal preference. But um, I worry a great deal about the way. Veganism, um, veganism is pushed as if it's a healthy option because it it most definitely is lacking in essential nutrients. Yeah, that's especially true for children. Um, in my research for my book, I discovered that the Swiss authorities, the German authorities, and the Belgian health authorities state in their on their website that they um, believe strongly that pregnant women. Breastfeeding women and children should not follow a vegan diet. Um, it's especially important for young children whose brains are growing, um, and some of the vitamin B12, for instance, and there's none of that in plant foods, but lots of it in animal source foods, is essential for how your brain works. And children have brain, <laughs> have yeah. growing brains. Yeah. And it's essential, absolutely essential, that they have enough
0: vitamin B twelve. Yeah, it is really interesting. I I watched the Game Changers Netflix program as well, and it, you know, was it was very far veganism and, and plant based food, and it, it wasn't very balanced at all. And it's uh, yeah. it's, and I think a lot of people and, and people will they'll, they'll believe that they'll think it's a balanced um, program, and uh, and
2: you know, no, but it isn't actually. Um, I've got a. Um, a whole section in in my new book about how how we're misled in the world of nutrition yeah okay one of the things a lot of people don't realize is that the 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 guy who produced game changers uh is the owner of a um a factory that produces uh pea protein isolate which is the protein source in um vegan burgers and vegan fake meat so the game changers was really a subliminal advertisement for the products of the company he owns he didn't it isn't mentioned but if he persuades enough people to a vegan food the products of his company um will become much more profitable so when you when when you start see everything i've done in my book i've gone into that sort of who's saying this and why are they saying it, is the question I always ask when yeah. I say anything about nutrition. Yeah, okay. Uh, so if, if you do that bit of research, you find out that, that he's going to benefit financially if he persuades people. Um, so it's not about your health, it's about their wealth. There's so many
0: conflicting things out there, diets, not just vegan diets, but all the other types of diets you get. For me as a you know, as an athlete, I'm confused as to what's, what's best for me to... To be eaten and, um, and, and well
2: well there you are that's exactly why i wrote the book yeah yeah we, we we are bombarded with so much conflicting advice that everybody's confused yeah. about what's supposed to be healthy
0: and i think it's it's almost like okay maybe someone is on a vegan diet and they're doing really well performance wise but that's performance that's not really tell them about how their health is Um and you know and there's people who who, who eat meat and, 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 you know, they're doing well and maybe their health isn't good because they're not eating the right things within their within their diet. Um, so, yeah, no, it'd be really interesting to read about that too. And you know, nutrition's one of the things, and there'll be a lot of athletes listening to this going, what did Charlie Spedden do for training? You know, how did he get to where he was? And, and it's a, that's a bit of a, a, a big question to ask, but what sort of a... a, a training advice would you be, you know, giving the club-level athlete to the, you know, the national-level athlete?
2: Well, I'm um, I, I certainly talking general about that, but I think that the thing that I discovered in my own running career was that um, everyone's slightly different and, and what works for one runner may not work for another. In the yeah. early stages of my career, I was following um, the advice of Arthur Lyddiard Yeah, and okay. his and his incredible success he had with New Zealand runners, but the, which was lots and lots of slow distance work and then a transition phase and the length of speed work. But I was so lacking in basic sprinting speed that I discovered after quite a lot of years of, of struggling that I needed to do some, some much faster running all year round. Okay. Cause I just didn't have great speed. Um, but I think that for a distance runner, obviously the most important thing is, is to run plenty of miles. Yeah, okay. Um, that's the that's the basis of it all. You've got to have uh, enough stamina and, and uh, basic fitness and a, a fit cardiovascular system and endurance to do well. And then how you improve your performances beyond that. Yeah. Um, and- is more variable between people. But I think one of the things I learned very late in my career, and I wish I'd known it uh, earlier, is that the mistake I made was a mistake that a lot of people made. We we did a lot of training at a slower speed to build up strength and endurance, and then we did fast running to give us speed. We thought we'd put the two together and race well. Uh, What we didn't do was ever train at race speed. Mm-hmm. And you're, the biochemistry is a bit more complicated, and you've got enzymes and processes that produce energy yeah. at this, at that level where you where you race for five k or ten k. And if you never train at it, you never train those systems. So I realised yeah. very late on, but very late on is when I had my success. Yeah, that you had to you have to do some faster work. Um, but I think a lot of when you when you're not just doing steady running, the faster work you do, a good chunk of it ought to be at, at the pace you can race at and yeah. do repetitions of that mm-hmm. with okay. fairly short recoveries. So it's like practicing a race, but obviously you can't practice a race. You have to take some um, some rest in it. Yeah. Either so I used to do a lot of repetitions at the pace I would run at with either eight hundred meters or a thousand meters at the sort of pace I would run a race that with fairly short recoveries, and it and it just trains the whole um, energy production system in yeah. your body okay. to be efficient at that sort of pace. And then obviously, as you get better, you tweak it, and you can you can do those sessions a little bit faster. Um, yeah. And then with some much faster work on top to put you push you into oxygen debt, uh, so you can learn how to cope with that and mm-hmm. to be able to. Um, produce a fast finish at the end um, when you're tired you need to do that sort of work as well yeah. but I think plenty of um, long long distances um, yeah. whatever's, whatever's appropriate for you in terms of your fitness and your, um, how injured you might get um, I didn't actually run huge mileage compared to most of my contemporaries because I found when I did um i would i would suffer more injuries so okay mm-hmm. but i would do 20 mile runs every week yeah. and and i would do some uh, fairly big sessions but the days in between i wouldn't run so many miles yeah. um, rather than trying to pack in lots of miles just to do the miles i was trying to be more structured and i would i'd do a 20 mile run at the weekend mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd do another longer run either, twelve or fifteen miles in the middle of the week. Yeah, I would do some of those faster sessions I was talking about, but the kind of the days in between those harder runs, I'd run twice, but I might just do a five and a six mile run or something like that. Yeah, um, without trying to. Work too hard every day because I found that if I did that, I would have problems. Yeah, uh, okay. some people were able to, to cope with much bigger mileage than I was, but yeah. so you have to find what works for you, right? And okay. It t- took me a very long time to find it, but luckily <laughs> in the end, I did.
0: Yeah, it's just in time, eh? Just, um, yes. so was that in the run up to the bronze medal at the Olympics? And was that well, like, it you know? was
2: a couple of years before, yeah, I started doing much better on the track. Um, 81, 82, and 83. Okay. Um, and then I then I moved to the marathon. But without those good years on the track, I'm sure I would never have been as good at the marathon. Yeah, that's
0: that's really impressive. It's, it's really interesting to hear that because I think a lot of people think you know, you've got to run hard all the time every day. And, and sometimes in the back you absolutely know, you, not in, in the 80s, you hear some of the runners doing. 120 miles a week and you think god we meant to be doing that uh, and and, and <laughs> depending on who you speak to they, they might go yeah you, you need to do that but it's quite well, uh, refreshing to hear the way that you're reading your body when you were doing your sessions and, and yeah training. i think reading
2: your body is exactly it uh, yeah. there are runners and i and i know runners who thrive on 120 miles a week yeah. and run well on it okay. but i i wasn't one of them yeah uh, i tried and I, it did not work for me
0: but what's uh, interesting is, is you did you know, although you didn't do the mileage, you did the key sessions and in, 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 in the volume within those key sessions and yes, and you did yes. the faster so, work and so when you were when you were doing your, your training, were you were you were you working or were you studying or what, what were you? Doing
2: no you? i i <clears throat> i worked um, throughout almost all of my career. There were a couple of short spells. Uh, yep. When I took some time off, yep. uh, preparing for the Olympics, ah. but I, I worked through my career, so I was I was training twice a day and, and working seven seven and a half hours a day as well.
0: Jeez. I mean, and that's the difference now, you know. I mean, you, you've got some of these athletes that were running the times; you they're full time, and you were working full time <laughs> and I'm... you're training full time. Basically, it's just in, in, incredible. I think it's it's so inspiring to, to hear that, and and I suppose. Probably you know I'm putting words in your mouth, but it the bottom line is if you want to to do well you've got to to put the effort in and structure your your training accordingly so how did you find that you know because a lot of listeners'll have jobs and they'll be studying and they've got a lot of you know kids and how did you make it make it work for you what did, how
2: did well you you've uh, you've you've got to be organized yeah. and um so I, I, would, I would do a short run in the morning. I would either do that before I went to work or I would do it in my, in my lunch hour at work. I did get an hour off. Okay. And you had to be pretty quick, get changed as fast as you could, run for half an hour, get back, um, shower, um, quickly eat the sandwich and back to work. And okay. then I would run at night. But at night, I would, I would get home and I, I had this rule I wasn't going to sit down When I got home, I would go in and um, I would simply get changed and go out running. If I sat down, there was this great danger that I would find excuses not to go out. So I never (laughs) sat down at all. I would come in. On on my way home, I would decide exactly... Well, I I would know what train I was going to do. If I was just going for a run, I would decide which route I was going to do before I got there. Because there have been times... When I've put my kit on and I've closed the front door behind me and I've stood on the front step for about three or four minutes, yeah. deciding which route to run. Because when you're running Seven, 80 miles a week um, and most of it from home, yeah. you cover the same routes over and over again, and you get a bit fed up. Oh, yeah, you really so do. I, it. Used to, I used to decide, right, I'm going to do this one, I'm going to do it this way around. Yeah. So I, I would get home, put my kit on, go out, and I would just set off. And no matter how tired you are, um, once you've, once you got half a mile or a mile and you, you're fine. Okay. Uh, but, but it's, it's getting started that sometimes the hardest bit when, when you've come back from work and you're tired and you're not in the mood. Yeah. It's just refreshing to, to hear
0: someone like yourself, you know, you can, a good way of, of, doing it as well. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they commute to work if they can and, and things like that. But, and, so during the time that you were, you were, you know, you are in heavy training, did you eat well? And did you, you know, and I I suppose it relates back to what we're chatting about. Was it all, you know, mainly a balanced diet, fruit, veg? What what did you have to... I
2: I have, um, because I was, I guess, I guess because I was brought up this way, I always ate a, um, in the evening I always ate a freshly cooked meal, which would have some sort of... um, Meat in it and, and lots of different vegetables. Yeah, okay. uh, just a typical balanced diet. But the point was, it was uh, it was real food. Yeah, uh, it wasn't processed. It wasn't. Um, uh, I would very, I, you know, I would occasionally have a takeaway, but that was something unusual. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I used to just um, have freshly cooked. Um, vegetables and some sort of protein, whether it was eggs, fish, or meat, yeah, uh, and um, and lots of it because I was uh, <laughs> doing a lot of work. It's things. amazing how yeah. much you can eat if you're running 80 miles a week. Yeah,
0: yeah. And when uh, when you were, did you ever like you know uh, some people periodize their, their their nutrition. You know when you did you did you ever like you know get. Get up and, and you know run before breakfast, or uh, you know did you did you eat more protein one day than another day, or was it just eat as much oh, as no, good no, food?
2: No, absolutely not. Yeah, it was never. Okay. Um, it was never that complicated. I I never um took nutrition to those sort of lengths. I just um I just ate what I believed was a balanced, healthy diet. Yeah. Okay. Um, didn't get hung up about it.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I do think that um, people tend to get too hung up about small details. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't think it helps. I think that um, as long as you as long as you're feeling well and healthy um, and you're doing fine and you're eating fresh food that's probably, you're probably fine. You don't need to be more complicated. Yeah. Um, but I, all these things you read in, in the magazines, they're all invariably trying to sell you something.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
2: my advice is just beware. Um, do I really need this or, you know, as I said before, is it about my health or their wealth?
0: Yeah, yeah. I was listening to, it was a podcast by, it was Ross Tucker. Um, And it was about technology, (laughs) you know, like technology is actually, you know, we, we, um, in terms of of running, it's, it can be a hindrance or it can actually help your performance. But I look back and what you guys were doing and and it was so, you know, a lot more simple, you know, all these like GPS watches and and things like that. And I take it back, back when you were running, you you know, you were just going out for a run and did, did you wear anything on your wrist or did you... Did you?
2: Did I, I wore. I had one of those. Um, we, we thought it was uh, incredibly high technology. We had a um, a watch that was also a stopwatch. Okay. <laughs> so you you just I just I would time my run. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, and uh, I and I kept record of it in my in my training diaries, but um, because I I. And, and I needed that mm-hmm. on a watch because I I used some of the sessions I did were were timed efforts just yeah. rounded a course you know I'd, I'd be I'd be doing a run and every um, so many minutes I would put in a um, an effort of two minutes or three minutes and then run steady for five minutes so I needed um, a, a, a watch with me to be able to do a that gauge yeah yeah. Um but I I think doing doing a run with a, a garment to just be sure how far it is might be a good idea. Yeah, but constantly um, having information coming at you, um, I, I I think you forget about feeling what you're doing, yeah and, um, and, and feeling your body and responding. To your body and, and being immersed in the run, like we were talking before about how pleasurable it is to run through a nice wood on a on a warm sunny day. Yeah, uh, you know if you've got a watch beeping at you all the time, um, it, it just gets, distracts you from yeah. enjoying that. I, yeah, I, I, technology has its place, but you, you you mustn't let. I feel you mustn't let it um,
0: take over. It's, it's enjoyment as well isn't it you know if you're always yeah. constantly looking at your splits and you, you're you right you know um, there's a time and a place to to do that and, and when you're doing your sessions it's your key sessions and that's you know a, a great time to to see where you're at and things and then the easy runs you know just record it and and go by feel i, th- I think yeah uh, yeah it's definitely good advice um so we've got a series of, of fartlek questions um so okay. I'm gonna fire them out if that's okay. Yeah, so the, the first one's what is your favourite distance? Uh,
2: well it's the marathon.
0: I was gonna say um, so it's, it, got to it's got to be it.
2: Because I I did so well at it.
0: <laughs> Pre race meal. Well it, it
2: used it used to be a big um a big bowl of pasta with sauce on.
0: Okay. <laughs> so was that was that the night before the like a marathon or something that you would yeah, 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 yeah. okay. Uh, favorite movie?
2: Oh, too many. Uh, Shawshank Redemption.
0: Oh, nice. I think we've actually had that one before. Uh, some,
2: uh, I can't remember that, who. that was tough off the top of my head. Yeah.
0: Okay. I <laughs> nice. Favorite race? Uh
2: probably London Marathon.
0: Okay. Uh, rest day or recovery run.
2: Recovery run.
0: Yeah, nice. Favorite session. Favorite sort of key session to do
2: oh um I don't think any of them are my favorites because yeah. um, I think um I used to I used to like doing a session um what actually what I really enjoyed doing was was when, when my good friend uh Lindsay Dunn used to uh, help me with my training sessions. Yeah. He would, he would organize a training session. He wouldn't tell me what I was doing. And he'd just get me to warm up and jog up the line. And he said, right, you do a 400 in this or do what, and then I'll tell you what to do. And I had no idea what was coming and I had no idea how long the session was going to last. <laughs> um, and, just keep me. and then he would always, at the end, I'd be shouting, get me to jog up the line again just before i was gonna go he said now you're finished now um but i actually really enjoyed those <laughs> yeah i really loved them but it, you know they're a whole mixture of things
0: aye. aye okay yeah so the, the you know, not knowing what it is is probably quite exciting yeah. then <laughs> i say exciting but <laughs> yeah oh good uh morning shuffle or evening saunter <laughs> evening
2: saunter
0: evening saunter struggling
2: i was always too stiff in the morning <laughs>
0: Uh, favorite. Who's your favorite running hero? Or did you have one?
2: Well, well, I've got I've got quite a long list, but yeah. if you want me to pick one, I'll I'll pick the guy who who won the Olympics in nineteen eighty four, Carlos Lopez. Oh yeah, okay. My right. name is Olympic champion, instead a world best. He won the world cross country championships three yeah. times. Yeah, I a, didn't feel too bad about it <laughs> <like>. <laughs> uh, It must
0: be you know, I mean, you know, talking to someone like you it's just phenomenal and you know, back then to be one of those guys, mixing it with shoulders, you know, shoulder to shoulder with these guys is just you know, it just shows how incredible you were back then, it's uh, phenomenal. It's, it's, yeah. Um so what about favourite shoe? What sort of what did you wear on your feet when you were running?
2: Um, well I, I did wear Nike shoes. Okay. Um I um I raced the Olympic marathon in a pair of shoes called the Mariah right. Which right. were road racing shoes that had um uh, an an air sole in the bottom. At the time that was that was pretty revolutionary and oh, new. Okay. <laughs> um I don't think they're anywhere near as technologically as advanced as the shoes that Kipchoge ran. One fifty nine, Ed. Yeah, Because yeah. um, he was wearing special shoes designed for him for that. He was. Yeah. Um, and, but it, um, what? What I do you? I used to wear Nike because they gave them to me.
0: If you were to wear one of those shoes now, based you know back when you were racing, what do you think you would have run?
2: Um, well, I think. Well, faster. I yeah. don't know how much, yeah. but um, from what I've read about them, they um, they do improve people's um, performance by several percent. Yeah. So I might have been. Who knows? In the certainly in the two sevens, maybe yeah. low yeah. two sevens, something like that. Yeah.
0: And then, I so, suppose for you know, for I don't know about you, but you know, I, I, if I was, maybe not, but I'm not putting words in your mouth, but you ran your 208 and in a way I would almost be a little bit frustrated. People who wear the shoes and they run faster than the times that you were running um, and, and, and I don't know, it's, it just seems to be, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's it, 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 this is the first shoe that's actually providing a, a substantial improvement in performance and um, are, are you for the shoe or are you against the shoe? Or?
2: Well, um, you know, in in '84, I ran in a shoe that was um, f- was fairly new technology. Yeah. Um, so I I don't have a I don't have a problem with it if yeah. they're readily available to everybody, which these shoes that I wore were. Um, I don't have a problem with that, um, uh, because things move on. Um. Yeah. You know, saying what I could have run in a different shoe. Um. I'm I'm more interested in what I could have run if I would trained differently. Yeah, okay. Um, and I think if I knew then what I know now, I think I could have run faster by, by training a little bit better. Yeah. But hey, um, I didn't. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, you, you do what you do and yeah, yeah. Um, you compare it with um, what everyone else did and, and I'm not gonna <laughs> complain for one moment. Yeah. Where's your favorite place that you've run? In the world, um, um, th- that's that's tricky as well. I'm, I'm yeah. very tempted to say, uh, Durham, where I live.
0: Okay, yeah, um, yeah. Well, you say you've got a few that's trails that's around there, so
2: beautiful. <laughs> yeah, through the woods and by the river. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's as it's as good as anywhere except okay. like Scotland. The weather's could be better.
0: <laughs> yes yeah, I was, was going to say it's uh, you know, certainly the north pretty bad. The weather. So. If you were to if you know all the things that you know now about your training, um, and about you know the tra- how you would change things and, and you were to basically optimize your training, the technology out there, what do you think you could have ran for a marathon?
2: Um, well, it's hard to know, but I think as I said before, I could have um, I could have run a. A minute faster, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so two seven and a half, mm-hmm. um, maybe low two sevens, but um, it, it's hard to say. Yeah, the, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm staggered by the times that the top guys do now. Yeah. Like okay. Two 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 three and two four. Yeah. Um, but they're going so. F- they are travelling so fast. It's incredible. Yeah.
0: I, I... Um. Some some would yeah. say 208's pretty fast as well, you know. I mean, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah,
2: everything's comparative, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And, you know, and it's back then, you know, it's, we're talking, you know, in the mid-80s when you're running these times and, and, and these guys, would they run these times back then? Probably not, you know, it's... Um, it's, it's. I suppose time just it, things get gradually faster. The, the, the more we learn about the sport and things. And well, that
2: that's, and, that's always always been the case.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So Charlie, just tell us a little bit about you know where we can find more resource about yourself and, and you know how, how can we get the books as well? You know certainly that your new one and um, for anyone who hasn't obviously you know, you've got got the autobiography as well. Um, so where can we where can we get those from?
2: well um my, my autobiography from last to first is is available in any bookshops and, yeah. and also on amazon yeah. um my new book stop feeding us lies at the moment it's only available on amazon but i i'm working yeah. on getting that into bookshops soon too but you can get it from amazon yeah okay. either as a book or as a kindle
0: yeah so we'll we'll certainly send them um, put a link on the show notes just so that you, know, you can you can see where it is, and uh, you've also got your your website as well, charliespedden um, Yes, which is which yes, is a good, good resource too. So uh, yeah, it's, 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 listeners have a you know check that out, and and you'll be able to get all the, a bit more information as well about uh, where you can get the books. So what's um, one bit of advice that you would you would give runners ab- about you know how to just something you know. Fairly, gentle, like a quote or a mantra that you you have that you've used in the past. Or
2: I think um, I think running it can be a tough sport. It's hard work. The training's hard work, um, but it can also be really joyful. And I think that people should concentrate on giving their very best, honest effort when they compete. And um, but mainly focus on enjoying it. Yeah. I think it brings a, a great community. There's, you know, people go out and they race each other. And as soon as you're finished, um, you know, you're all friends. And how did you get on? How did you get on? And I've, I've always loved that about the sport. And I think <clears throat> absolutely do your very best when you compete um, and accept whatever result you get. But, yeah. but think about enjoying it. Yeah. Okay. Always remember to enjoy it.
0: Do it. Well, that's that's a great bit of advice, Charlie. And yeah, real pleasure of uh, speaking to you, and we're really looking forward to putting this out and and talking running shorts. And uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a, a lot of good feedback. So, thank you so much, great. Charlie. Cheers.
2: Well, I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you too, guys. Yeah, thank you very much. Cheers. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, now.
1: Charlie, thank you for giving up an hour, an hour of your time to do that. That's that's very kind of you, um, and we hope you enjoy it, listeners. Next up, running rants—it's back, and I've got a rant for you,
0: Kyle. I think well, we I both rant. have a rant here. I think we're we're mutual grounds with this. in are agreement we?
1: on it. So I came across this.
0: At, um, so this is a new thing, isn't it? It's a new fad, isn't it? What's the new It's like fad? vegan. It's like vegan. It's you know the the, the new thing that's veganator. Was it? What do they call it? Well, Vegan, moment,
1: veganism. Vi- veganism but this is not veganism this is a running thing that i, I came across a couple of times last year you know, racism i remember someone like brian goodwin telling me this and it's people who who are at races and are like i'm racing it like on the start line racing as a tempo and clearly aren't you know and it's like i, I just i've kind of gotten got the stage you think what you know why would you <laughs> why would you do that why would so, you do that? So it's
0: called. This is a new training, uh, a new training type mode, isn't it? It's yeah. called tempo racing. Tempo racing. It makes. Tempo me- racing. I mean, so you you race the tempo. You race you race uh, you race your tempo run.
1: But I just I don't understand why people would pay to enter a race, travel. You know, I mean, okay, to be fair, the guy who said this to me at Brian Goodman, perhaps he was local, but, and I've I've done races where I've not been fussed by the result, but I still. I still like race it, and there's a big difference between a tempo and a race. Well, let's let's, gonna...
0: let's, let's be clear here, right? So you're going to do a tempo, right? You do your tempo and your race, and you get a PB. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. Is that that, that... Uh, that's not a tempo. That's really, that's not. that's running fast. That's that's breaking a. That's achieving your best time. No, absolutely. If, if you get a PB, I'm 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 being serious here. If you're or even a season's best. You go out, you say you're going to do a tempo to right? the world, and you get a personal best or a season's best. Okay, maybe it's the only the only race you've done in the year. You only 10k, you certainly get a season's best. So leave it all yeah. out. Yeah. Leave it. Leave it all out. I mean, I've been guilty of doing races saying I'm going to do it as a tempo, and I end up nine times out of ten, I'm not going to say I'm doing flat a tempo. Out. I'm flat out. I'm flat out. And, and I might, you know, I might. I'm going to do a tempo. I'll try and do, but that. In a way, you don't want to say it. you act a little bit cocky as well. You can't say I'm going to do a tempo and you win the race. Exactly. You, you, you just go out and just run your just race it. You know, use it as a training session when you're doing your training sessions. Like, or if you're going to do a tempo, don't tell anyone about it. Just race, just do it as a race and just keep your it, keep your mouth shut, will you?
1: Exactly. I remember when I did Kratis, and I, you know I went. I my aim was to run Kratis at marathon pace. But I'd done like eight miles beforehand, so to be honest, it was pretty much flat out. It exactly. Was, you know, and I was, it, but I'd loaded the legs beforehand. I think it's a, I, I, maybe it's a, I, maybe it's a sort of, I mean, I, I know I've been guilty of it in the past as well. Maybe it is a, a, a means of, of self-protection. But I've seen like a number of times I've seen people who've been like running. They run like ten seconds off a park time, and it's like oh, they put on on their Strava, tempo park run, and it's like PB just outside of pb well
0: i'm yeah. gonna be i'm gonna i'm not gonna say names i did a hill race early in the year and uh and, and i end up going past someone and uh, at the end of it they said to me so he was a, the guy was ahead of me and the end of the race he said he's, he just did a tempo and i'm like so you were ahead of me in the last mile i went past you Would do not want to race it exactly he said like, i was too, was doing a tempo.
1: I thought, How can you tempo? You a can't be doing a
0: tempo. I saw you at the end. You were lying on the floor. <laughs> Spent. You know? It's not a tempo. Yeah. Oh, well, anyway, a, it just winds me up. You know, it winds, yeah. it's maybe not. It's not. A, it's not a. It's not the crime of the century. It's not a crime at all. It's not. It's uh. You know, when you you're saying issue. Yeah. You're gonna go out and you you're doing a tempo and you get a personal best, then pfft, it's not really a tempo, is it? Uh, yeah. But you know
1: when uh, when some yeah I mean when we have that someone wrote this in as a ranting listener and I I uh, yeah I tend to agree with it. So anyway, listeners, when you're on the white light when you when you stand on that start line if you're going for it, just either be honest with it or, or keep your mouth shut. That's people don't want to be demoralised by someone saying they're tempo running and they're technically not.
0: Exactly. Right. Well, talking about some absolute heroes, um, you know, from from tempo. Now I'm sure. Your man, George Black, wasn't doing a tempo race. He was racing. George, he was racing. He He was racing He was all out. There's only, I've got to say, we've even had a few requests. uh, Kirsty Harper wrote in, and and I absolutely agree with him. We got a few emails and messages to say of George Black's success. It's got to be George Black for the TRS runner of the week absolutely the, the first, first of the new decade exactly now what a privilege that is you know who you know move over world records trs run of the week george black yeah lovely that's, george fantastic.
1: george if you don't li- if you listen stay tuned you'll be hearing from us soon yeah. if you, if, if you <laughs> some, don't listen
0: well some shape or form might be uh might be senior brian but but that's yeah. okay yeah
1: yeah I'm, I'm gonna look that up <laughs> so m- moving on um Upcoming races now. This weekend we've got the it's the Run Sterling Cross. So excited, uh, excited to watch that. I'm going down. so Fiona's running for the Scotland team, which is really exciting. We've got uh, a bunch of metros running for the uh, East District team. Uh, the likes of Cam Strachan, um, Ginny Baran, Claire Bruce, and you know, I mean, Cameron. Cameron, I think, is in great shape. We actually, do you know what race result we, we didn't recap? The indoor CK. 3K. We didn't
0: did we, buddy. We totally
1: forgot about that, right. Well we'll come back to it once we finish on this. But the the um yeah, Cameron's in great shape. Had a really eight fourteen for three K, which is fantastic, um last week. So I, I think he's in good shape. We Jenny's in great shape, you know, that was a really good run she had at the um at the so that'll be cool. And yeah, we're just looking forward. I'm looking forward to going down, watching it and I'll hopefully get some TRS coverage on the go
0: oh would be dynamite Tom as, as you would say dynamite
1: and yeah we'll, we'll recap on that next week but listeners if anyone's going to watch uh, keep an eye out for me come and say hello if you're running and it's an open race I mean our man Ben Ward Runbeer he's running in the open race Robbie Simpson running in the in it as well this uh, British Cross Challenge so yeah exciting weekend coming up
0: yeah so I actually I don't actually have the 3000 metre results in front of me um, but just to round up, I think um, there's some fast times by the Scots. Uh, uh, do you, so we, we we did mention so it was the Scottish it was the Scottish Championships as well, wasn't it? For it was the yeah. 3000. So we had I, I don't know the guy who was who won the race, but um, I think I don't think he was a uh, uh, he wasn't from from Scotland. But the first Scot was Stephen Mackay in a fantastic 8:13. Um so you got the silver medal but first Scott. Uh, it's a great result from, from Stephen Mackay of Inverness Harriers, who uh, yeah, great result. And yeah, in second place was uh, Miles Edwards. Sorry, Miles Edwards Jeez <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm sure there's a little bit of rivalry between them and Cameron, mind you, but good mates. But yeah, Cameron Strachan, apologies for that, Cameron. Um in eight fifteen, I think it was. Um just right behind just at Pippin Michael Ferguson from Aberdeen Athletics Club uh, for for the third place. And uh, Jenny Selman had a great run, so she took the the, the, the win. Um, and that, other than that, I don't actually have the results. So apologies. So I,
1: I've just found them. So it was uh, James, Murray, James McMurray of St Albans who took the win and the medal, which I disappoints me because he's, I'd love to understand that a bit more. He's not Scottish. He doesn't run for a Scottish club that I'm aware of, so... That seems a bit strange. Second place, Steve McKay, as you say, eight thirteen. Third place, James Donald, eight fourteen, um, which is a, which is a really good run off the back of his Ribble Valley time. Uh, and then just behind him there, Camer in eight fifteen, uh, and then apologies. Michael Ferguson, eight fifteen.
0: I missed something. Sorry, James.
1: And uh, on the on the women's side, yeah, it was a win for Jenny Selman, as you mentioned. But actually, I believe that. Um, um, how, these results, I've just brought them up, so I'm bringing them up quickly. There was uh, Eloise Walker, is it Eloise Walker, who ran, who had, a, I think it was a, something like 9.20, and she took an under 20 record.
0: I uh, do, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I kind of, think that's... I'm
1: going on memory here. Um, and but.
0: 9.26, she, 9.26, indoor PBA 9.26, so good result so for her. Yeah.
1: Good result for her, but the actual senior women's... Um, Senior Women's Gold goes to, yeah, Jenny Selman, So who's, who we know is in good form, had a really good run at the Scottish uh, short course, 4K last year, which is cool. So, yeah, yeah so apologies, that's a wee bit, that, those results are a wee bit butchered there, folks, but it was, um yeah, the indoor is not usually on our radar, but it's worth capturing because some, some of the names from the circuit
0: were indeed in action. Absolutely, Tom. So yeah, other than that, um, yeah, you talked about Run Sterling this weekend. Uh, the Devil's Burden really is that this weekend as well, is it?
1: I, th- I think it's end of January, but the reason end I put Jan- it on there is because I think the result, the entries are opening soon. So if yeah. you're looking to get a team in, now's your time to to look on online to to do that.
0: Well, talking about entries open, I'm gonna do a little a little plug. Um, first race of the year that I'll be organising. Obviously, I was organising the Santa Run, but this is going to be a uh, Slightly longer than Santa than, Run, slightly more serious, I, I would imagine. Um, so the date for the Side Way Ultra, uh, looking at the 22nd of August, 2020, Saturday the 22nd. So um, entries will be opening fairly soon, uh, at the end of the, the month, hopefully. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to taking over the race organising from Sarah Grigor So... Yeah, so it's cool. going to be exciting times, and I'm sure Tom might use that as his first ever ultra. Eh.
1: Well, do you know? what? hear. Here, I'll give you my word. If I
0: don't run it, I will volunteer. Oh, look at that! Eh, a cheeky wee, uh, you know, TRS representative. Eh?
1: And actually, that yeah, because that's uh, that'll be cool. That may be a, a good way for me to to get a feel for the. I say get a feel for what it's like in these ultras. I pretty much got that at the uh, UTMB. So <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen for it
0: in Yeah so no well, I'll, in be there. I'll be there i 30 hours for for 30, uh, seven miles fingers
1: crossed yeah no, I'll be there with I'll be there with bells on in ah. some capacity I, yeah. I think that's it there's a there's a lot of other rate I mean we we'll, next week we'll talk about what races we've got coming up this year um and we'll save that for next week but in the meantime if you've got any news resolutions any races you're running this year any anything you want to see on the podcast we've already shared a little bit on Facebook. But if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do on at tartanrunningshorts.gmail.com The website, www.tartanrunningshorts.com is going to be updated. Um, Our man Lee's done a great job and we're in the process of updating the recent episodes. Um, You can get us on Facebook at at tartanrunningshorts and on Twitter at at tartanshorts, where we're hoping to get some uh, new developments for 2020 announced on on there.
0: Uh, Yeah, we've got exciting things coming up. You might not know it, but we certainly do. So we'll, we'll... Be doing a, a TRS away, a TRS day uh, planning day myself and Tom imminently. Absolutely. So well, it was great to speak to you folks. Um, the, the new decade and uh, yeah, I think having the break has been great. And uh, we're you know we've, we've got I think if we we didn't have the break we would have just been you know going through the going through the motions eh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, it's been good and it's uh, hopefully it's some fit left revitalized and re-energized so yeah great to speak to you folks and uh, we'll see you all next week hopefully